Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Superman returns to the DC Universe. What does PlayStation have up its sleeve? And some cooking ideas while you're at home. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Tell you what, thank you so much for being part of all of our great shows, which includes the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. And if you can, check out all the back episodes that we've done in the past couple weeks of the Lakers Fast Break. Some great and entertaining conversation there with a lot of great guests. Also as well, if you get a chance on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook area, you can check out our videos that we've done each and every week devoted to our ongoing D&D game, The Lost Mine of Foundiverse. So if you get a chance, check that out. It's very interesting viewing. We're on 24 hours so far of coverage, six different parts. It's, it's almost like the Justice League there. So if you get a chance, check it out. I hope you're really into Dungeons & Dragons. This truly cannot thank you enough. Plus, we've got more great stuff coming on the way. Some special things in mind here coming up right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, Josh is still doing things behind the scenes for the Pop Culture Cosmos. So, taking his place once again, he is the man, the myth, the legend from the Hunnic Outcast. you got to catch what he's doing today at the Hunnic Outcast on Facebook. It is Noe and Fine. And Noah, thanks for returning back on the show. Yeah, we, we were talking about some things off the air and he asked me to come back, which is actually an interesting topic. That I know a few years ago, I invited you when I had my podcast, when I decided to discuss Justice League. Well, hold on here. Hold on here. We'll get to that in a sec because Henry Cavill, with all the talk and what's going on with a Snyder Cut for Justice League, which is going to come to HBO Max in 2021, we will be talking about Henry Cavill's re-involvement with the DC Universe coming up here in a sec. Plus, knowing and fine, and I will also be talking about what plans PlayStation might or what we hope PlayStation might talk about coming up here next week because they have a special announcement, a special virtual conference, so to speak. Is it something that was going to replace what they had planned at E3? We'll know June 4th when PlayStation talks a lot about the PlayStation 5 coming up here later in the program. Plus, Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions is back. He's going to weigh in on the Snyder Cut, his hopes for it, his thoughts on it, plus some great ideas for cooking during the middle of the pandemic. He's going to be talking about a seafood boil, 
and some beef and bacon stew, which, oh, if you see it on the internet, I'll tell you what, actually, I will drop it as the JPEG for this week's show. So you're going to love to see what he's got cooking up this week on the Pop Culture Cosmos. And then on the back end, we're going to briefly run down number 70 to 79 on our top 100 Pop Culture Cosmos films. But first, my friend, it is Henry Cavill. He popped in on that Zack Snyder viewing of Man of Steel that he did a couple weeks back. And, of course, that led to the announcement of the Snyder Cut for HBO Max coming in 2021. But it looks like the love fest between DC and Warner Brothers and Henry Cavill is going a little bit further once again. Because after rumors he was on the outs, he may be back in. At the very least, if not a Man of Steel 2, appearances in several other DC films. Yeah, I'm a little confused about it. First of all, did anybody really want to see a sequel to Man of Steel? Yeah, I know there was an Easter egg with LexCorp. Yeah, I know with Batman v Superman, we had Jesse Eisenberg as Lex, and at the end of Justice League, we had Lex claiming he was going to create you know, the Legion of Doom or whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, I didn't know who Harry Cavill was before Cavill before Man of Steel and after you know people were saying should Ben Affleck come back is that now they figured if Cavill comes back Affleck should come back here's my two cents I reviewed Batman v Superman we reviewed Justice League my argument is it's a very tense situation because I don't think he was really happy with the direction that, that it was going in. And I just, even, even if he did show up at in the end of Shazam, where Shazam claims, he knows Superman, we just saw the body double. We didn't see Cavell's head. I don't know what, is he just going to have cameos? Is he going to do like what they did with the MCU? You know, Superman to me, unfortunately, he's got the powers of a God or demigod, but he's never as interesting unless he's with the Justice League. With his character, we've talked about a lot about, about the Snyder Cut and all that. I think there still is room for Henry Cavill in the world of DC. I think you could do the same thing. The parallels between him and what Chris Hemsworth did with Thor. There's been talked about how his character was just as wooden. His character was just as much cardboardish in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But you saw what Taika Waititi did to spice up his character and it fully fleshed it out to where people now want to see Thor, Love and Thunder, and see Thor in appearances once again in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And to see Henry Cavill within the DC Universe, there's also been talk about, of course, uh, a Man of Steel too, but also interjecting into Shazam, which could help him as well as far as a little bit lighter tone, a little bit lighter feel, and him playing, like you said, a good cop, bad cop. But also being in the Black Adam movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, those two are friends, and they've talked about appearing in a movie together before, and this seems like it's a good opportunity for them to go ahead and spice up not only his character, Henry Cavill's in Superman, but also get even more notoriety to the Black Adam concept in the Black Adam film, which I think would probably only help it achieve that type of real big status that Shazam has not attained as of yet. What are your thoughts out there on Henry Cavill coming back to DC? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we head to the break, and Ben Arnaud from Smoking Hot Confessions and his conversation on everything DC, 
and also some great cooking tips as well. I wanted to go ahead and get your opinion on what you're hoping for later this week that's happening on the 4th when PlayStation is going to show off their wares for the PlayStation 5. I'm assuming this is going to be the conference that they were going to have, for the most part, that they were going to go ahead and show off had E3 gone off without a hitch. The only thing I'm hoping for is backwards compatibility. I would really like to see everything, and these are rumors, and there's always been these cock and bull stories about why we couldn't go backwards and why we're going forwards. And I think when I gave up with PlayStation 4, mine kind of dead and died. I could have had it repaired. But I just felt myself going back and wanting to play PlayStation's 1, 2, and 3 games because I was just tired of you're so concerned about the cinematic cutscenes. And instead of taking those cutscenes and making it now, everything seems to be cinematic. Even with that. 2017 version of God of War where it's just a cinematic cutscene and you're going right into the game and, and that should be cool but it, I don't want a CGI movie I want to play an old school game it would be great to bring back the entire library even if God really had to repurchase it which is really getting to be annoying I miss playing PlayStation 1 games, I miss playing PlayStation 2 games, I thought that was the best system Three and four were trying to go more CGI. I don't know where else you can really go with this anymore. No, don't even remaster. Just find a way with, with your streaming service with now. Just bring back the original library. Just the way that, that Switch was trying to do with their Super Nintendo and Nintendo online service. Well, backwards compatibility is a key. Hopefully, they will go ahead and follow suit that the Xbox Series X is going to be doing when it comes out. And that is going to have full backwards compatibility, I believe, all the way down to original Xbox. The PlayStation 5 might be a little bit more difficult because you're talking about even older games and older systems in question dating back to the 90s. I'm hoping that that's the case and they'll be able to because PlayStation now is a service as Josh has gone on the record many times and I agree with him that it's just overabundant in price not really good the value that you get out of it and just something that is very antiquated and something that should be evolved into a free service for the PlayStation 5 or at least like you said built-in compatibility where you can pop in a PlayStation game or a PlayStation 2 game into PlayStation 5 and there you go so I'm hopeful for that I'm also hoping that they'll go ahead and elaborate more on the types of games that are going to be exclusive to the PlayStation 5 and why they should make a difference in you going ahead and coming to the conclusion that you should choose the PlayStation 5 over the Xbox Series X because they're going to be at a price point at $500 or thereabouts that you're only going to be able to really afford just one at the present time. I guess we'll see what happens next. No, it's this week actually. June 4th, it'll be this week. So we'll find out then. We will find out this week on June 4th what PlayStation has in store for us gamers out there for its PlayStation 5. What do you hope for when it comes to what they're going to debut? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is Ben Arnault from Smoking Hot Confessions. He's going to be talking some DC and what he's doing as far as cooking in this time of pandemic with a nice seafood boil and some beef and bacon stew. Mm-mm-mm. Sounds good. He's coming up to tell you all about that and more coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today 
on wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm on with Ben Arnault from Smoking Hot Confessions. You got to check out his entire experience, starting with SmokingHotConfessions.com, Smoking Hot Confessions, the podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts, his book, all of his videos, and of course, his new game show, which you can check out at Smoking Hot Confessions on Facebook. All that great stuff going down, and of course, his merchandise as well. But before we go into more about Smoking Hot Confessions, I want to talk to you about, I'm sure you caught the news already about Justice League, a movie that we've talked a little bit about Mm. as far as within the DC realm, because you are a comic book aficionado and someone who's very invested as far as into the movies that they've created and spawned off of. The Justice League is now coming to 2021 to HBO Max with a original cut from Zack Snyder who is the director for most of the actual Justice League, but he's got enough footage for possibly even as much as six episodes to make into a six-episode series. So I want to hear your thoughts. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it's either going to be a four-hour movie or six or, or six-episode thing. So that's uh, something right there that's very interesting, my friend. I, I was – Josh and I were actually really excited to hear that news – so I want to hear your thoughts when you first heard about the Zack Snyder cut actually being real. You know, for so long it was just such a rumor. I was a but, myth. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was a complete myth. So it tell was, me it your was thoughts. The Bigfoot of the movie world. Yeah, the Bigfoot. Absolutely. So I want to hear your <laughs> thoughts on this Bigfoot of the movie world. Uh, I mean, does it make you excited about the DC universe once again? It's going to make me give it one more chance. To be honest, well, let me clarify. It's going it, to it's going to make me give the justice league films one more chance um i still think that the wonder woman film is one of the best ones ever from anybody i i I think it's wonderful and i know that a lot of people kind of threw sand at it but i really enjoyed um birds of prey i was just laughing all the way through that i had a really good time watching that so i mean those ones aside i'm i'm talking just about the justice league ones i i have tried three times to rewatch batman versus superman I've tried twice to rewatch Justice League, and I just, I get 12 minutes in, I'm just, nah, change it. But I, oh, look, I'd, I will give it, like, a, a, a good go. If, if Zack Snyder is able to get it out, and we actually get to see his original vision for it, then it could be interesting. But, uh, ooh, a four-hour movie, or, what, what six, something 40 episodic. minute episodes. Ooh, I think I'd probably almost take a part one, part two movie, like two two-hour movies. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that I could sit there for four hours. Like, I mean, it's at, at the end of the day, it's still going to be Justice League. It's not, it's not Braveheart, um, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I just realized that, like, half your audience now is just going to be screaming at me through their, uh, through their earbuds. <laughs> no worries. Um, <laughs> But no, I'd, yeah, I mean, you look at something like The Mandalorian and just how good that was as a TV show, but that was designed to be done that way. And I think taking a four-hour Justice League cut, and I mean, it, it also depends on how much budget they're going to put into polishing it up because a lot of those cut scenes aren't going to have already been finished. Yeah, there's about, they're putting about 20 to 30 million. They're not adding new scenes. So the actors, no. we thought the actors were going to be brought back because all of them had given their approval to come back. 
but it looks like it's just going to be, you know, like you were talking about earlier when it comes to CGI, green screening, CGI, music, scoring, dialogue changes. Those, that's what really what's going to be done and changed to, uh, to the added scenes that were left on the cutting room floor. But there's not going to be any uh, sh- extra shots in particular. They're not going to bring like Ben Affleck in to shoot extra scenes or anything like that. So that was a rumor that that was going to happen, but it was quickly shot down. So that part I'm a little bit sad about. I'd love to see you know all the different members of the Justice League get together to shoot some more scenes. But it looks like, according to what we hear from Zack Snyder, he will still have enough to provide us despite the fact that Warner Brothers said, you know what, we're just going to limit you on exactly what you can do with this cut. Mm, yeah, yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting. So I guess 20 to 30 million, I mean, what was Justice League the first time? Two and a half hours? So they're going to add almost half? Like, oh, Sorry, they're going to almost double it? I don't know if that budget's going to be enough to bring the new bits up to the same level as the old bits, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that'll be interesting. It's a It's a bit of a cause for concern. But I'm, I'm going to throw a question back at you. If we're yeah. going to see the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, are you interested in seeing the the director, uh, David... David, David Ayers. D- yeah, um, David his, Ayers. his cut of Suicide Squad with all the Joker stuff back into it. Would you be interested in seeing that? I I guess I would. Suicide Squad... You know, see, I'm one of the few that give Justice League an eh. I'm not giving a pass a grade, but I say on a scale of one to ten, I've always said that you know, around around a five, five and a half, whatnot. So it's for me, it's it's watchable enough. But uh, and I, I've got I've been roasted for it too. But <laughs> Suicide Squad, because of Cara Delevingne, or the basically the the antagonist in, in the movie, Junior, her yeah. role was just god awful. So yeah. I don't know how you're going to be able to sugarcoat that. But yeah, I, I get I wouldn't mind. That's happening if David Ayers gets a chance to go ahead and make a uh, Ayers cut of the Suicide Squad. I mean, I guess if if this is a hit on HBO Max, then that that's not that's going to open up a lot of things as far as not only for that, but also as well, yeah, for more Justice League movies perhaps or Justice League Ooh. episode series or things yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it will because if it's a big hit on HBO Max. They need all the content they can get, and an errors cut could be something that they they say, you know what, we'll go ahead and do that too. Although for me, I don't think they can make that as pretty. They can pretty that up as well as they could the Justice League. No, no, no. It'd just be nice to have a consistent theme and style through that new Justice League. Well, and that's the thing. That's why Josh and I are so hopeful for its success is because I want it to reignite. We both do want it to reignite the DCEU. I mean, Wonder Woman was a great movie. Uh, it, was, it was a very good movie, excuse me. Also, Aquaman was a very fun movie. And yeah, that was good, yeah. The Batman, Joker, all these movies that are coming out, that's great that they all come, come out, but they're all standing alone. They're mm. all standalone movies. They're all movies that they don't have a goal or an infinite mission at the end. And, you, okay, people have said, well, why do you want to copy what Marvel's doing? Marvel sets the bar here with whatever they've done in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Set it even higher. If you want Darkseid to be your, your ultimate baddie, that's fine. You can, you can do that all you want. But it's all, it makes much more sense to me if you have, you know, the Shazams, the Black Adams, the, whatever movies are going to come out, 
all tie in together and not just with, okay, a Wonder Woman's going to make an appearance on the next Aquaman or something like that. Give them a reason to mm. all exist in the first place because we no longer should be able to, as moviegoers, be able to just go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to go watch this movie, I'm going to watch this movie, but there's no real goal. There's no real incentive for me to go ahead and watch every single movie if I, if, you know, I don't want to. I mean, with, with you and I talking about the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe so long, it always seemed essential that we needed to at least check it out, no matter how uh, differential we would think of a movie is or how good a movie we think it is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We always had to check out each one to make sure where it ties in. And that's the way the DCEU should be is because you give it an ultimate goal, an ultimate endpoint, uh, some some uh, effective way to do it. And the Justice League for me was that hopefully was going to be that end thing. But unfortunately, it was just so bad to get off to it. got off to such a rocky start. I can understand why they stopped it. But to have these movies continue like this, where there's just one shot after one shot with a sequel, with a sequel, it's just... It just seems so very self-contained. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got I I got two thoughts that I want to throw out there. For me, the the biggest difference between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Universe is the storytelling. So Marvel, we had we had everybody's story, and we were invested in every single character before we saw them come together. And when they did Justice League, I mean, where did uh, Cyborg come from? He had about twenty-two seconds worth of backstory in the in the Justice League film. And, and that was it. And I think that given the modern society that we're in, where we're all like half a step away from being a cyborg now with all the technology that we've got like around us, he would be a really relatable character if they had built him out. And as it is, Justice League's come and gone. They've announced that they're not going to do any more work with Cyborg. At least that was the last thing I read was that they weren't going to do any more, well, with, with that iteration of Cyborg. I know there's a Cyborg in Doom Patrol, which I love. Doom Patrol is fantastic. But I, I don't care. I don't care that they're not doing any more with that Cyborg character. And I should care. Yeah. I should care. Like I, he, he was part of the Justice League. I should care that I want to see more. It, it, it should be the same thing as like, well, we want a solo Hulk film. Rah, rah. Like, where are the people jumping up and down going, we want a Cyborg film? And it's because they just didn't do the storytelling. And just yeah. nobody cares. But I, I think there should be an end goal for the for the viewer. If, you, if you're going to have this big universe, tie it in and have a, some ultimate common goal for them to work towards to. And if you because if you don't, you're just it just seems kind of pointless for me to go ahead and say, you know what? I got to catch your next DC movie. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flashpoint was the other was the second thing that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So you you mentioned the Batman standalone films. There's talk of Black Adam. I'm not too sure about what, what the integration is going to be there with Black Adam, just how far he's going to be um, going to be integrated. I mean, right now, it's just with Shazam because they're so closely aligned. That has yeah, to be, yeah. I think, something that they're going to deal with ultimately. But wouldn't it be awesome if they delved beyond that and were, you know, mm. if Black Adam's going to stay bad, if he's going to stay, you know, Dwayne Johnson against Gal Gadot. For a mm. certain reason, or going against the full forces of the Justice League, or something like mm. that, or if they work together eventually, you know, just something that that uh, you know entices us to go ahead and and watch all the films as opposed to just pick and choose one mm. or the other. Well, see, I I think that the 
the abandoned plan to do Flashpoint. I think that was the opportunity where they could have said, you know what, look, we're going to just discreetly put this behind us. We're going to make these new standalone films with um, the, the the new vampire Batman. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to shoot his his shower scene because his skin's all just going to sparkle. And, and uh, you know, but that was their opportunity to sort of hit the reset button and bring in new actors in those characters and flesh out the storylines in the way that they hadn't done before. That was their out. That was their reset button. That was their chance to have a to have another crack at it. And the last thing I read was that they're not going to do Flashpoint anymore. And just just from a storytelling point of view, that makes no sense to me. That that was a perfect opportunity to re to try and reinvest in the storylines that they hadn't invested in before. It just seems so funny that in the CW, the Flashpoint per se or the Flash series is something that all these other DC shows work around because it's the most popular of the shows. And it's the most, you know, it's, it's the foundation by which all these other shows are, are actually even existing. It's because mm. that show did so well. And of course the flashpoint of cri- infinite crisis and all that, that all that all tied them together and it worked so well for CW. And here in the movies, Ezra Miller, he's a wisecracking sidekick and that's mm. all he is. And when, like you said, there could be so much more depth given to his character. And with a Flashpoint movie, you could do that. But I, I, Warner Brothers, I'm assuming, because he's just a wisecracking sidekick character in the Justice League, you really don't want to invest 100 to $200 million on a Flashpoint movie because you, you don't think he's been, been very well served. Just like you said with the Cyborg movie. Why mm. Would you actually really, at this point, invest in a Cyborg movie? The way no, he's no. been represented? No, no. But I, I did like Ezra Miller's Flash. I, I felt that they could have done more with him. As, as you just said, he was, he was underutilized. But Ezra Miller bought, brought a certain kind of uh, just wide-eyed, naive innocence and optimism into this world-ending cataclysmic event type thing. And so I, I enjoyed that as a, as a point of contrast to... Uh, you know, Batman's doom and gloom and Superman coming back and trying to kill them all and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, just just his line where he says, I've never done battle. Like, just, and the way he delivered that, I just thought that was just great. Seeing as you mentioned CW, can I ask you, mm-hmm. Ruby Rose quitting as Batwoman, care or not? I actually care because she was actually very good in the role. Uh, I so- thought so too. That it's just as now it gets to the point where we've seen this before on other shows where, where for some reason the lead actor leaves, but you have to have to have someone that plays that same exact role. That's a very hard thing to do, a very hard thing to duplicate. You can have where like The Walking Dead, where Andrew Lincoln says "ta ta," and leave, but you still have a foundation for a show. It may not be mm-hmm. as popular, may not be as good of a show, and it isn't. <laughs> but it, it, you know it's still a show yeah, uh, yeah. and, and still because this is going to be very hard to make a show because that person who comes in has to play the same exact role as ruby rose well that's what i was going to say um andrew lincoln leaving as rick grimes it, the show's not called rick grimes yeah so i mean if if rick grimes leaves the show i mean rick grimes leaves the show it it's not like you 
you know, Batwoman's called Batwoman. You can't have a Batwoman show without Batwoman. So they, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting with with the recast. But I mean, it it, it worked pretty well with uh, Spartacus. So you know, anything's but possible. Anything is possible, but still, uh, it's going to be a very hard fix for CW. But then again, in America here. It's so lightly watched as compared to other network shows. I mean, they're they're minuscule compared mm. to what we see from other shows that it might not make a difference too much. I just thought she was very good in the role. Yeah, yeah. As a as a martial artist, I had a bit of uh, a bit of trouble just with the mathematics of how many men three times her size she was beating up. Like, <laughs> with without a doubt. Yes, women can beat up men. I'm not saying that at all. If, if anyone out there is 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 listening and, and and I've triggered somebody again, but just the math of a smaller person beating a bigger person. Yes, a smaller person can beat a bigger person. Yes, a smaller person might beat two bigger people, but line up 25 of them in a room, the little person's going to wear out. Especially if that person doesn't have, you know, uh, some super ability. They're they're not from Krypton or anything like no, that. No, no, yes. no, no, so, yes. no. No, like, so well, so makes it harder to believe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Supergirl just you know plowing her way through a room full of bad guys. Absolutely, of course. She she's a crypt. She's from she's she's from Krypton. She's you know, she's Supergirl. Of course, she can do it. But uh, at the end of the day, Batwoman is is a human, and so she's got the same limitations on her as Batman. So, I mean, Batman himself, he's not going to be able to fight his way through a room full of 25 goons either. But just the mathematics of, you know, someone, male or woman, 100 pounds ring and wet, is going to fight through 25 200-pound guys? Mm. <laughs> but I'm, I'm being picky. I know I'm being picky. Oh, no worries, my friend. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. Before we let you go, Ben Arno, or at least before we let you speak all the wonders of these the outstanding experience known as Smoking Out Confessions, you got to tell me it's been kind of hard in the middle of a pandemic, you being the grill master that you are, you being used to being outdoors a lot, festivals, barbecues, pretty much so many times a week, you would send the pictures up on your social media, see it all the time, whatnot. <laughs> it's been a change for you, hasn't it? Look, it's it's been huge. So 2019, 26 fortnights, I was away from home for, I think, 20 of them. So it was almost every other weekend I was going out to a festival, working at a competition, doing live demos, cooking on stage, managing the overall barbecue stage, doing social media for these festivals, running around shooting video interviews, as you alluded to before. And then it all just came to a screaming halt. And um, fortunately... Um, the landscape has finally finished working in the backyard here. And so mm. they've built me this beautiful big outdoor fire pit. I don't know if you saw the photos of that. So I've been experimenting yes. with that, cooking on that. And I've got a, a, a camp oven that my mother bought me years ago. And I've used it sometimes when I go camping. Um, I believe in America you call them Dutch ovens. Yeah. 
in Australia, a Dutch oven has a completely different meaning. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what it is when we're off the air. Fair um, enough, fair enough. <laughs> so I've been having a lot of fun spending time building fires in the fire pit and practicing some, uh, some outdoor cooking. So I'd, I've uh, just recently published a beautiful beef and bacon stew cooked in this Dutch oven above a wood fire that I've built up and burnt down into coals. And it was just divine. I managed to grab hold of a couple of bags of like crawfish boil spice, which is really rare over here. And mm. I just happened to go into a shop to find something else and saw it and I grabbed it all. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to do like a mini seafood boil because it's going to be real hard for me to find crawfish here. So I'll, I'll have to improvise. And uh, I think next weekend I'm going to do up a, um, a, a, a seafood boil out in the backyard over the live fire. Very and nice. um, oh, the good news was I did manage to buy a new freezer. So just before Christmas, our little freezer out the back died, and I had to throw away about $400 worth of meat, which was just heartbreaking. Uh, and because of COVID, I had to order a new little, uh, it's about, you know, it's a bar-sized bar freezer, chest, uh, not, not a chest freezer, but a bar-sized freezer. took uh, eight weeks for me to be able to get this, this little freezer. So last weekend, I spent all day Sunday, I brought out my big smoker, it's a big old offset smoker, traditional style, fire at one end, meat in the other end. And I cooked up uh, a whole brisket, a giant beef chuck roast to make pulled beef, two pork collars to make pulled pork, and um, I did about a dozen chicken breasts. Oh. And I also got like a huge, a huge, uh, like whole ribeye and uh, cut them into steaks myself. And I just absolutely flogged my vacuum sealer. Absolutely whipped that poor thing silly and filled half this freezer in one night. So we ended up with uh, four meals of steak, uh, six meals of brisket, eight meals of pulled pork and ten of pulled beef and – oh, the chicken and five of chicken. Oh my so it's all just vacuum sealed. It's been smoked in the traditional wood-fired smoker. It's got a variety of different spices on there that uh, different companies have sent me to try out. And I'm going to be uh, sort of trickling those those photos out over the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be interesting to see that because there's some really beautiful stuff come off that smoker that day. So, And that's going to be on Smoking Hot Confessions on Facebook. Is that correct? Uh, that'll be going out through uh, – so the photos go through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. There you go. Got to get TikTok, yeah. man. TikTok. You, you and I have to go on TikTok. Uh, I'm, I'm already there. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like we're, we're – I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm a podcaster. I'm, I don't want to use four words if I could use 400. So it's, it's really hard for me to try and squish that down into, into TikTok. So it's, it's just kind of things like, you know, I open my grill, I close my grill, I open my grill, I close my grill. And that's about as much as I can do with, with TikTok at the moment. But yeah, it is going to be the next big thing and we are going to have to get on it or we are going to get left behind. That's true. I'm going to have to get on it and my four words will be, listen to my show. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> One last thing I do want to ask you. I mean, you mentioned the beef and bacon stew that would you started off with in the fire pit. I mean, is that something we can create here in America in a home here? Is oh, that yeah. something? Uh, how yeah. would you go about it? I'm I'm pretty sure that I saw Worcestershire sauce over there. Yes. Oh yeah. yes. Okay. All right. Very easy and, to get. Or at, then, yes, at definitely. least before COVID, it was easy to get. So. Oh okay. Yeah yeah yeah. In that Who case, knows now? It, easy as it was um it was basically i went to the to the refrigerator and the carrots and the potatoes it looked like they'd been in there for a little while they got chopped up um a couple of cans of tomatoes a tin of tomato paste 
Uh, started off by hanging the, the the camp oven over the coals, got that hot, toasted some fennel seeds and some uh, some garlic and some onion and some other just aromatics, and then threw the beef in, browned the beef, put in the cans of tomatoes and the tomato paste. Sorry, and and the bacon, browned the bacon as well. Threw in the cans of tomato, the tomato paste, let it simmer away for a little while because I used gravy beef, which is a it's a really good cost saving tip as well, because mm. you know. You've, you've got all afternoon to sit around out the fire out there. You know, you might as well save a couple of dollars and just let it simmer for about three or four hours. And then about an hour before you want to eat, you throw the vegetables in just so the potatoes don't crumble too much from, uh, from being over over cooked. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's starting to get cold here. We're, we're starting to get, to get winter time, which where I am on the Gold Coast means the temperature's just dropped under 80 degrees. So... That's that's why I'm complaining because I got to wear a long shirt now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, and it's just uh, it, it's great food for cold weather. It's great for getting veggies into kids. Um, my son just loved it. Sat there, ate it all up. I can usually barely get any veggies in him, and um, it's it's cost saving. You know, you're, you're using vegetables that are maybe been sitting in the refrigerator a long time. It's that they've got maybe one or two days left before you can have to bin them, chop them up, put them in a stew. Beautiful. And uh, you were you using any type of different ty- style bacon because you and I have spoken at length about bacon in the past. Do you have a preference on on a type of bacon, or or is it just you know is there a straight up bacon? Because I I will tell you here in America uh, the the chain the Costco chain, if you're able to get a hold of their brand, it's been voted by so many different outlets as the best bacon here in America, and it is truly outstanding. So. I didn't know if there was a certain type of bacon. I know you go a lot to your butcher and make sure mm. you get special cuts done. Is that what you prefer doing? Costco is about a five-hour return drive for me um, here where I am, so I don't get up there very often. And when I do, I go on my own and I take my SUV and it comes home full. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm yet to get out of there for less than 700 bucks, And uh, that's, that's, that's pretty shocking. In America, you'd call it streaky bacon. But not the not the pre-cooked bacon. So I know that that uh, over there you can get bacon that's pre-cooked. You just throw it in the microwave and heat it up. Not that one. You want the stuff that you actually yeah you you're going to actually cook it yourself on that cast iron because you want to cook it on cast iron. And if, uh, if 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 the listeners haven't eaten off cast iron very often, get into that. Get into that. Cook it on cast iron. Nothing tastes as good as cooked on cast iron. Why do you think that is? You know, I think it's to do with the seasoning. So a, a cast iron, it's not like a regular pot where you just throw it in the dishwasher and then, and then shove it in the cupboard. You've actually got to care for it. You've got to season it. You've got to, you've got to clean it by hand without using any soap so that you, like, there's a bit of elbow grease has to go into it. You've got to re-oil it before you put it away. And I think it's the, I think it's the seasoning and, and the age that, that goes into it. Oh, very interesting. That's something mm. I need to know for the future. I mean... Like I said, now the the bacon I use uh, from Costco is just truly outstanding, and to do that even more on a cast iron, I think I might have to go ahead and uh, suggest that in the future. So, yeah, very interesting. And all the things you learn when you talk to this man, it is Ben Arnault from Smoking Hot Confessions. So before we get on out, my friend, because it's always a great time talking to you about pop culture and also tasty foods. And now that I'm going to be done talking to you pretty soon, I'm going to be thinking about some food and hit in the fridge when I leave here, but your tremendous experience. And I'm so happy for the success that you had since we started out two years ago. I think I bo- started bothering you say, Hey, come on my show, man. 
And you're like, really? Do I have to? But anyways, no, no that's kidding. not true. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. was like, another podcast wants to talk to me? Yes. <laughs> All right. Back when you and I were little tiny, tiny entities out there in the world of podcasts. Now, mind you, I wish we both got Joe Rogan money, but that's beside the point. That's another conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Entirely, entirely. That was my Friday show. But I will say this, it's just such a great pleasure to talk to you, and I'm so happy for your success. So if you can correlate everyone out there why they need to check out Smoking Hot Confessions, I would truly be indebted to you for doing so. So Smoking Hot Confessions, we believe that better connections are made through barbecue on all different levels. So at the very base level, the most important thing for us is that people get out there and start cooking for their family and their friends. Particularly in, in times like COVID, you can't get out anyway. You, you can either order in some junk food or you can just go outside, light up your charcoal, knock the dust off your grill, get, get reacquainted and, you know, start to cook some, some, some really decent stuff and you will be surprised. You will be able to cook much better things out on your 30-year-old Weber kettle that you haven't looked at for 28 years and uh, you, you'll be able to cook much better stuff on that than you'll be able to, to, to order in. And once you get the hang of it, you will surprise yourself. If I can take just one extra minute and just tell a quick story. Before our last trip camping, we, the, the night before we left, we went down the street to a famous uh, steak, steak restaurant down here. Everyone raved about it. Steak, 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 steak. So we went down there. It was $45 each for a steak. So it was, it, it, it was pretty pricey. With the current Australian US dollar exchange rate, I think that's about $3.75 US. It's about $30, $32 US. And uh, so the, the next day we, we went out camping and I had my camp oven with me, my, my, my Dutch oven, my, my cast iron. And we went through Costco on the way. We were talking about Costco before. We went through, through Costco on the way and, and we picked up a bunch of steaks. And that night we got out to the campsite, built a fire, and I went to cook these steaks. And I went, oh, I didn't bring anything to, to cook these steaks on. What am I going to do? And I just improvised, took the lid off my camp oven turned it upside down and sat that on the coals and it was a somewhat concave hot plate almost mm-hmm. and uh, just just let that get all hot seasoned that with a little bit of oil salt and pepper on the steaks grilled them on the on the cast iron and i tell you what they were better than the 45 dollars steaks that we'd had the night before at the world famous steak restaurant so you know it, it it will you will surprise yourself and you will bond with your with your family because they're going to want to hang out. You, you're doing something outside. They're going to want to come hang outside, get kids off the off the uh, playstations, get them off the iPads, get them involved in in what you're doing, teach them how to cook a steak themselves. My son's got his own special Evan-sized Weber, we call it. It's a little 18-inch Weber. You know, he's he, he's got his own one, and he'll cook his own steak on that one while I'm standing there cooking my steak on my Weber. And, you know, just just have some fun with it, you know. Make those connections involve everybody and just have a good time there is no better place to go to learn more about the world of grilling than your experience at smoking hot confessions could you make sure before we go on out and and let them know exactly everything you're doing there i mean there's there's a ton of stuff and i may have even left something out no you actually did very well there's of course the the website where it all started recipes tips how to's product reviews all that sort of stuff the podcast you can also find it on the website or anywhere else where you uh, where you get your podcast from the uh, social medias are always getting flooded with our with our photos and our videos and all that sort of stuff just keeping everybody updated with with what we're up to and you mentioned the game show which has been really fun 
that's been my little COVID project. We have an online group, the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community. And it's grown a lot recently. We're up to about two and a half thousand people in there now, which is really cool. And we've all been locked at home for two months. And, you know, we, it's, a, it's a very Australian blokey thing to go out on a Friday night and meet up with your friends in a pub and have a couple of beers and just blow off steam and, you know, and, and then go home again. And we, we can't do that anymore. So I thought, okay, I need to do something for my community because I'm worried about everybody being at home, locked in, and not having this opportunity. So I came up with this, with this concept and I use a website called Kahoot and Zoom together. And I basically created a TV style game show using the internet and it's 20 questions. It's like, it's kind of like pub trivia, but all about barbecue. So it's really good fun. 20 questions, four rounds, five questions per round, multiple choice. And that there's a live leaderboard tally update after each question, and there's music that goes all the way through it, and there's a countdown timer, and it's uh, it's it's really good fun. It's really it's it's really great stuff. We've done eight rounds of it so far. We've got two rounds to go. We actually managed to pick up a little sponsor, which was cool. So at the end of round ten, the the points champion after the ten weeks is going to get a nice little prize pack from Four Monkeys Barbecue, which is very generous of them. And it's just been great fun. And so we've been doing that on Friday nights from 7.30 to 8.30. And then from 8.30 onwards, we um, remove all the branding, switch off the recorders, and it's just a have a beer and a catch-up and vent if you need to, just chat, hang out. And uh, it's been really good. we've, uh, We've had some international visitors join us from Texas it was uh, about 11 p.m. for us, and it was 5 a.m. for him. So um, it was pretty funny. He was he was swearing that he was drinking coffee, but uh, you know, I don't know. And uh, we've had some uh, some fellas jump across from New Zealand and join us. It's it, it's been really good, and it's all family friendly stuff. That that is one rule we do have at Smoking Hot Confessions. So we've uh, there, there's been some of the uh, some of the barbecue wives are there. The the kids are there coming in and out of of camera and stuff. So. It's been a good opportunity for the for the community to to reach out to each other and just just touch base and just check everybody's going okay, and um, I, I think it's meant a lot to to a lot of people and I've had an absolute ball doing it. So it's it's actually the highlight of my week. So, well, there you go. And then don't forget your awesome podcast as well. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah, so we just turned a hundred there um, just a few weeks ago, which was very exciting. So. As, a, as with a lot of businesses, you've got to switch and pivot through COVID. So as you know, Smoky Hot Confessions had been a series-based podcast. So I would come up with a theme within the barbecue world. We'd explore that for 10 or 15 episodes, and then I'd go do something else for a while, and I'd give the podcast a break, and I'd come back. Thanks to COVID, we've now switched the format, and some we've had some technology updates to make things a bit easier for us, and we've now switched to a weekly format. So I, I think we've released 20 one or 22 episodes just this year already and it's uh, and, and it's the end of may so um yeah it's uh it it's been really exciting the episode last week was really quite interesting i had a good old texan boy farm raised barbecue loving mushroom scientist he reached out to me and challenged me that his mushroom based meat substitute could satisfy any meat lover really uh, said, I said, "All right, you are on." So he uh, he came on the show, and I, um, if you'll excuse the pun, I grilled him for an hour. I was pretty brutal with him. I was because I I I wasn't convinced, 
And thanks to COVID, the Australia Post delivery was late, so I didn't get the product in time to be able to try it before I could speak to him. But I, I cooked up two meals out of it after that, and I've got to tell you, it was pretty good. There you go. That's awesome. Hey, you never know. These substitutes are starting to get a little bit better each and every time they start going ahead and, and evolving. I mean, what we saw even two years ago is just oh, nothing yeah. compared to what we see now. I mean, it, it's really good. It's it's getting better. Quite can't beat the real thing, but that gap is getting closer and closer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their pulled pork burger, which is really, it's a pulled mushroom burger. I would say it was 90% there. Like it was still not pulled pork, but it was, it was, it was really close really close and considering all the all the health benefits and things it's a very interesting product it's called fable very interesting mm. all right we're gonna have to check that out but i tell you what there's no better place to go for anything as far as barbecuing or just having a good time and just checking out all the fascinating things that there is to do within the smoking hot confessions experience so i'll tell you what if you are not seeing it yet you got to go check it out. The whole nine yards, the podcast, the, the game show, all the videos, the website, Smoking Hot Confessions. And while you're there, get some merchandise because that'll help Ben Arno as well. Thank you. <laughs> well, my friend, it's been a great conversation as always, uh, you know, talking pop culture, talking some great cooking ideas, how you're coping in this age of COVID. It's just so great to hear your insight, and I look forward to speaking to you once again real soon. Me too, mate. Thank you for having me again. Oh, awesome. Always great to have you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. I want to thank Ben Arno from Smoking Hot Confessions for appearing on the show once again today. I'm back with Noah Ian Fine. And Noah, it's that time again. We're counting down another set of films in our Top 100 Pop Culture Cosmos movie countdown. And we're going to start off with 79, and I'm going to get you, sucker. Talk about one of the most underrated 80s classics. Yes. Love this movie. I can't quote it because I'm sure this is a family-friendly show. Yes. However, this is not only a great rainy day movie. you got to go back and watch. I'm going to get you, sucker. I'm going to get you, sucker, indeed. It's going to be something that you need to check out. It's really funny. The Wayans Brothers and the mastermind behind it all, Keenan Ivern Wayans, such a great film. I hope everybody gives it a chance. That's I'm Gonna Get You Sucker at number 79. Inception. Yeah, that's at 78. It's just really something that the visuals of it at that point in time really seem to amaze viewers. And I think that's why it's still gripping to us today, even though it's been repeated on a number of occasions. Doctor Strange is the most comparable yeah. movie to it. So your thoughts on Inception at number 78. You really have to sit there with an open mind because if I understand this movie, and I only saw it once because I, I felt it was that if you want to steal somebody's ideas and get away with it, you go inside their dreams. This is really the most talked about movie, and I feel bad that Nolan didn't get the credit he deserved for this one. 
the more I think about it, this should be in the top 25. This is one I really would like to talk about again sometime. Number 77 is probably one of the biggest surprises on this list. A movie that has been forgotten by many and just for many out there realizes how old they are because Ryan Reynolds starred in this movie 15 years ago. And that is Just Friends with Amy Smart and Ryan Reynolds. Movie didn't do so well, but it seems to have lingered in with a you know few, with some fans of ours because it has been voted in at number seventy-seven. Just Friends. It brought back the nineteen eighties romantic comedy, and I also love Nana Ferris as this psychotic Britney Spears character during a time with Britney Spears and a controversy. I have seen this movie several times. Love it. It's pretty much secured why Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. And is a Canadian treasure. Number 76 is also something that I'm going to tell you right now, my friend. It should be much lower on the list. And that is Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, which, in my opinion, of the three films, which are all fantastic, this, to me, is the best film of the series. That's Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. I saw this movie five times in the theaters, bought the one ring, until it actually turned my finger green like Gollum. I was a huge fan. That is Lord of the Rings Two Towers. I'll tell you what, it is truly a remarkable film. And again, I cannot thank everyone for voting for that movie in the top 100. Should have been a little bit lower, but you know what? I'm so glad it's there nonetheless. And in my opinion, the best of the outstanding trilogy of the Lord of the Rings films. Coming up at number 76. A very funny movie and one that inspires comedians even to this day as far as slapstick comedy and breaking the fourth wall and that whole nine yards. And that is Naked Gun. Leslie Nielsen is at his finest in the Naked Gun series. Yes, unfortunately, it does involve O.J. Simpson. And of course, it was a failed series, Police Squad, on ABC that brought out this great movie that was a big hit at the time. And that's Naked Gun. This should be lower on the list, too, sadly, because I don't think they make comedies like this anymore because now it's all about, you know, pop culture references and, and toilet humor that I don't think they kind of get today. And that's The Naked Gun. That is now at number 75. Number 74 we come to right now, my friend, and that is Starship Troopers. Would you like to know more? You gotta watch this movie. And again... Maybe to me, maybe I'm biased, but this is one of these movies that I feel should be a little bit lower on the list. Maybe in the top 30, to be fair. But, yeah. Well, it did okay when it came out in theaters. didn't do great. But it's taken on a new life in video, as so many other films have. Achieved a cult status. And I think as well, and you're going to be disappointed again in me when saying this, it's going to probably necessitate a reboot at some point in time. Uh... That's too it too, my friend. I'm I'm telling you, Dark Man and Starship Troopers. No, it, it, it's inevitable. I'm not not thing I'm hearing. I'm just saying it's inevitable. That Starship Troopers at number seventy four. Number seventy three is The Departed, a movie that's well thought of, had an A list of top shelf actors and actresses that were very much a part of that movie. Did it all come together? For many people, it did in Martin Scorsese's The Departed at number 73. If you're a Scorsese fan, to each his own, but for me, Scorsese's done better. Number 72 is John Carpenter's suspense horror movie that has been very popular over the years and well thought of as one of John Carpenter's best. At number 72, it's The Thing. 
John Carpenter was very good working with Kurt Russell, and it shows. And it showed also in Big Trouble in Little China. And it really was about who's real and who's an alien that's a shapeshifter. It had a great cast. It had great chemistry. Wilford Brimley was at his best. Kurt Russell was at his best. But yeah, they don't make movies like this anymore with the practical effects, and that's a shame. So, watch the original thing. That's number 72, and that's The Thing from John Carpenter. Number 71 is an exquisite foreign film. I just have seen it on multiple occasions. I cannot recommend it much higher. Truly a great film, very inspirational, and just some very well thought out directing. And if you're into international films, then you should definitely check out number 71, E Tu Mama Tambien. And your mother too, which is the English translation, I believe. I do remember this film, but check this one out. International films were making a bigger deal in the late 90s, early 2000s, more than they were 30, 40 years ago, because unfortunately people did not want to read subtitles. But yeah, out, out of all the foreign films that were starting to become a bigger deal in Hollywood now, this is definitely one you want to check out. That is number 71, and that's Y Tu Mama Tambien. Excellent film, and I highly recommend it as well. Number 70 is something that we talked a little bit about the director of this film, and that was in last week's episode of the PCC Multiverse when we were talking about our previous 10, 80 to 89, and that is Sam Raimi. This is something that I know is up your alley with Ash coming back out for number 70, and that is Army of Darkness. Wow, so we've talked about uh, the Waynes Brothers, we've talked about Nolan, we've talked about Ryan Reynolds. This has been a stacked group here. Peter Jackson, Naked Gun, Scorsese, John Carpenter, great foreign film. And now we're ending it with Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness. You know, I remember watching Evil Dead 2 and wondering we're ever going to get a sequel. And when we did... Man, it didn't disappoint. And definitely get your hands on that Blu-ray edition if you really want to hear some great stories and some great documentaries. But, yeah, that's it. Just disappointed. It's too high on the list, man. That's number 70. That's Army of Darkness. Obviously one of Bruce Campbell's finest and also Sam Raimi's as well. So that's our list right now of number 70 to 79. Remember, each week on one of the episodes, either the Pop Culture Cosmos or the PCC Multiverse, we will be debuting a new set in our list of the top 100 films from Pop Culture Cosmos that was voted on by you, the listeners and followers of the Pop Culture Cosmos. So if you want to hear more, or if you want to read more, or if you want to know more about our top 100 films, you can check out our previous episodes or go ahead and check out coming up very soon on popculturecosmos.com. I'll have the written list coming up here in a little bit at popculturecosmos.com. So check it out. Hopefully you will and get a chance to check out everybody's thoughts on our top 100 films for Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of it right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Looking forward to some more great things as Josh returns to us at the PCC Multiverse. But I cannot thank you enough for stopping by once again. Any last thoughts on the way out? Yes, I do have some thoughts. Because, again, I, I don't know every movie that's going to be on numbers 1 to 60, but please, please, if there is a movie god out there, I hope and pray that at least Evil Dead 2 is in the top 20s. 
and I kind of hope, I know it's not your favorite. I don't think E.T. has been discussed. It'd be curious, but I really hope that number one is what I think it is. And, and not just for pop culture purposes. I have reason what my number one would be. I don't know if we could ever talk about it, but it would be something interesting that I feel it, it is in the Criterion Library and it's well-deserved. And so is this director, but again another time but again Gerald thank you so much for having me on thank you so much my friend indeed so for knowing and fine this is Gerald Glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great You have 30 seconds to describe Thunder Talk. It's pop culture. With a twist. It's music. LBGTQ+. And comedy. Well, dark comedy. It's nerd junk. It's comic books. Video games. Conventions. Yeah, nerd junk. And social commentary. It's woke, yo. Yeah, and nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. Thunder Talk is all over the place. Every place you want to be. Thunder Talk is a proud member of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and download us on all podcast platforms. Forms. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.